Child to begin his training for this mission. He had spent his entire life on the narrow strip of land, 18 miles by 5, that was the most densely populated place on Earth. Gaza was surrounded on three sides by a narrow strip of no-man's land, heavily fenced and razor-wired, and watched over by towers manned by lookouts and heavy machine guns. Like the Berlin Wall during the Cold War, or an American high-security prison, it meant death to anyone who tried to penetrate the perimeter day or night. The graveyards were littered with those who had made the attempt. On the map, Gaza looked like a long, crooked rectangle, surrounded by desert on three sides, and the Mediterranean Sea, constantly patrolled by naval gunboats, F-16s and helicopters, on the fourth. Only a privileged few, those who had foreign passports or special permits, were allowed to leave Gaza. Several thousand Palestinians were admitted through the Erez crossing in the north into Israel on workdays as cheap labour for the Israeli factories the other side of the border, but their passes were for twenty-four hours only and did not allow travel beyond the place of work. To be caught outside Gaza without a proper permit meant imprisonment, often for many years. Abed lived with his mother in a breeze-block terraced hut with dirt floors in all but the main room, which was concrete. This was also the only room with electricity, when it was available. They had their own running water supply, a tap in the unroofed entrance. And since the Israelis blew up the sewage works at the beginning of the current intifada, the toilet was a bucket behind a curtain at the end of the hallway, which was emptied into a large hole in the ground in a derelict house near no-man's land, fifty yards away. Despite the conditions, they were well off compared to most others in the camps. The average income of a refugee family was ten U.S. dollars a month. There was little industry left in Gaza, certainly nowhere near enough to provide work for those who were able. The population was more than a million, half of which was under fifteen years old, and a meagre living was scraped any way one could. Abed was eleven years old when it occurred to him that his mother regularly received money, although she never worked. But it was not until his teens that he asked her where it came from. He loved and revered his mother, who had always cherished and cared for her only child, her one reason for living in this vile jail, something she often said to him after kissing his forehead each night before he went to sleep. The day he asked about the money, she sat him down and explained how she came by it, also revealing for the first time the truth behind another great mystery of his life, his father. Her story was disappointingly brief for one of such importance, sketchily describing how Abed's father had escaped the country by fishing boat to Cyprus soon after Abed was born, and from there how he made his way to England, where he settled to live and work. The plan behind the escape was that one day Abed and his mother would follow him, and they would all be together again, away from the poverty and humility of the camps. However, his father had failed to get the necessary paperwork and visas, or perhaps the Israelis had refused to recognize them. Abed's mother was never clear about these kinds of facts, and did not seem particularly interested in the smaller details. As far as she was concerned, they were trapped in Gaza, his father was in England, and that was that. Like most of the older generation in the camps, 
She had grown to accept her way of life, and had long since given up the dream of one day being free to live like those in other countries, in a proper house, with utilities, a garden, and the freedom to go where she wanted. The camp was over fifty years old, established in 1948, when the first people were forced out of their homes from towns and villages all over Palestine, and herded like cattle into dozens of camps in Gaza and the West Bank, to live in crowded tents without proper medical facilities, food, or sanitation. In time, they started up basic industries, made bricks, and built small huts. These were closely packed together as their numbers grew, and only temporary abodes, but they all hoped and believed that one day they would return to the farms and land they had owned for hundreds of generations. Her dreams, like those of most others, had withered with time. She had